Hello, podcast listeners. I'm so excited for you to hear what's coming up on today's show. By the way, this is Lauren, and I'm the Client Services Director at Strive to Move. It's my job to make sure that everyone who calls on the phone, comes into the office, or sees us virtually, feels comfortable and just like family. If those aches and pains have taken over your life, or you just need some exercise or CrossFit advice, please don't hesitate to call me. You'll get the royal treatment, I promise. Today's guest is Justin LaSala, owner of Garden State CrossFit. He will tell us how things have been during the pandemic and what he has found successful, and also about his career as one of the best CrossFitters in the world for his age group. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I did. This is the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast, aimed at helping you live an active and healthy life in and around Somerset and Union County, New Jersey. This podcast is brought to you by Strive to Move, located in Warren and Berkeley Heights. Strive to Move helps active adults in New Jersey get back to doing what they love pain-free. All right, Justin, how are you today, my man? I'm good, Justin. How are you? It's funny to say my name, you know, like that's during the whole time. There aren't that many of us, so it's it's funny to kind of have to talk talk through it. And when how old are you? I'm 46. Yeah, so I'm 35. My mom said when I was a kid and then when I was born, it was a very uncommon name. So when you were born, it was probably even more uncommon. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm not exactly sure, but um, yeah. It's a weird sometimes addressing yourself and it's, it's almost like I'm referring to myself in the third person. That's right. So, um, you know, we are recording this as hopefully we just talked about the coronavirus and the shutdown is coming to an end, but I hope, and you own a gym called Garden State Athletics and we'll talk through a lot of that and you have a career that I want to talk about, but how have you been holding up and how, how's the gym been doing since all this has been going down? Yeah, I mean, I've probably answered that question a thousand times so far, you know, it's, I, and it's, you know, everybody wants to know. Um, I mean, I think in our situation, we have a really good community of members and they've just been super supportive for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, they're the ones who have gotten us, you know, to this point and, and gotten us this far, you know, they stuck with us. Um, we gave out a bunch of equipment to members. We did the Zoom classes. We're still doing Zoom. Um, and we're just trying to, you know, keep everybody together. Um, and I, I do think that's the difference of, you know, gyms like ours, whether it's a CrossFit gym or a boot camp or a community of people that really have a, you know, a common thing. They want to be in shape, you know, and they rally around one another and they motivate one another. Um, and they've definitely, you know, they're the reason why we've made it. If we were uh, a $19 a month gym, you know, I mean, I, I don't see how those gyms are staying open, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to talk more about what you have been doing, but I think what, and I don't even know the full story other than knowing that you are in your age bracket, which I want to talk about one of the legitimately the best at CrossFitters in the world. Right. And I'll brag for you. So you don't have to, it's okay. No problem. So you said, how old are you again? I'm 46. So 46. So you competed in the, what, 45 to 49 age range, and you were going into CrossFit Games last year, number one, and finished, what, number two? But talk talk to me about your journey. I mean, you know, that's no joke at any level, and I, I think that's awesome for, A, to compete at that level, but, B, at your age to be able as unbelievably in shape. You make all of us feel, I feel like I should be 100 right now. So how did you get into CrossFit, and how did your journey get to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, I was – really active as a kid. My father made me play almost like every sport, you know, Um, you know, and I played all the youth programs, you know, when you're a kid going to high school, I was a football player and a wrestler. Um, And, you know, I I loved football, you know, I kind of got recruited to play at division three level. And I took that step and played at a school called Wesley college in Dover, Delaware, which is like one of the top division three programs in the country. Um, And, you know, after that, you know, competition is really over for most people who, you know, aren't professionals. Um, so, and that really stunk, you know, I mean, I just was looking for an outlet. So, I mean, I went to school for exercise sciences. I got a degree. I started doing training and training athletes and stuff like that. Um, and 
I could live kind of competitively through them, but I never really had an outlet at all, you know? So I was at a Globo gym and I was doing a hang clean um, from like one of those old school squat racks that had like the bend on it that you put the bar, which was almost like high hang, you know? And I was doing some cleans, you know? And some kid came up to me and he was like, hey man, he's like, uh, do you do CrossFit? And I'm like, no, this is a, this is a hang clean, you know? He's like, no, no, that's CrossFit, man. That's what CrossFit does. And I'm like, I, I just learned this at football and, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, so that was the first time I ever, ever wound up heard, hearing it, you know. And, and um, when was that? What year was that? That was in 2000 and early 2000. Uh, uh, man, I, I know it had to be either. It was probably 2011, uh-huh. probably like right around 2011. Um and again, I was doing personal training at a global gym and then I just wanted out of it. I felt like I was a counter, you know, like a lot of the cool stuff and programming that I wanted to write, you know, just like the, the at home stay at mom or that the 50 year old guy that just wanted to go from machine to machine. It just really wasn't my, you know, my speed. So I got hooked up over at the Precy Speed School in Garwood, New Jersey mm-hmm. and um, started doing youth training and college training and all those things. And the owner of that um, school, really, we only had, we only did business between four o'clock PM to 8 PM. We did nothing during the day. We had this huge 8,000 square foot facility for four hours, you know? So he wanted to put something in there. We discussed CrossFit. Um, And I had been hearing about it. I kept an eye on kind of like what was going on and stuff. And um, yeah, we opened up CrossFit Garwood, you know, right inside that Parisi Speed School building. And once I started doing it a little while, I was like, okay. And then they have this thing called the open, which is pretty much an open competition that anybody can do um, to kind of, you know, see where you rank in the world, you know? And I was probably like 30, just turned 39 in 2012. And I did my first open and I was like 140,000, you know, Mm -hmm. out of however many people. Um, And then within two years, I moved into the master's category and I went to like, top 30, you know, um, you know, in the Northeast region alone, I went from like 200th to like third, you know, so the age bracket definitely benefited me big time, you know? Sure. Um, and once that happened, my first two years, I I was still really, really new. I didn't really know myself. There were things I I really didn't do well, but I was doing like on-site competitions. I'd go to Wadapalooza, which is in Miami. I went to Granite Games, which was in, um, Minnesota. And in 2014, I won the Granite Games. I took first. And it was like, really like the stepping stone for me, you know, really to like, get that confidence, because I knew I was a good athlete. I knew I was just as good as everybody else. But I was still really new. I mean, I just got into it in 2012. 2014, I won like this, you know, pretty decent sized competition. And, um, and that really just kind of gave me the confidence. And, you know, once I started getting confident, I was getting better and better and better. I mean, I, I started to move quickly, you know, off the leaderboard, so to speak. 2017, which was like my third year in the 40 to 44-year-old division, I qualified for games. I, I took ninth after the online qualifier. Um, and then I took top 10 at the games. Um, the following year, I took like 13th in 2019. But I was the oldest person in my bracket. So I was 45 years old. And most of the other guys underneath me were either like, you know, 43 or younger. So I knew I was kind of comparing what my scores were to the next bracket. And I was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm pretty close to, to, you know, to being there. And um, so I went all in last year, changed my diet, did some stuff that I hadn't really been doing at all, like focusing on my diet and making that more of a priority. And um, yeah, last year I I took second, you know, Mm -hmm. overall in my age bracket, 45 to 49, which, you know, people ask me, you know, I'm at the gym. So people are like, where's your medal? You know, like you hang it up and it's, you know, it's second place, you know? So, I mean, you know, to me, I'm happy with the accomplishment, but you know, I want to win, you know, I mean, I'm competitive and that's to me, that's what it's all about, you know? So CrossFit's really been my outlet for competition again. Right. Uh, Well, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people that are competitive, but to, to, kind of say you're competitive and to do it in the way that you have at your age. Like I couldn't imagine, you know, the amount of time and effort. I know what it, I I sort of understand what it takes, but talk to the audience about like 
you know, a typical week of training or even a day of training and diet, like to, to be able to compete at the level at your age and to be healthy enough and fit enough to do it. What does that look like? I mean, it's not like going to the gym for 40 minutes and run on the treadmill. I know that much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, early on, I mean, I'm really motivated. So early on in the early years, I really was doing things wrong. You know, I mean, I'm the be the first one to admit it. I thought volume was really important and it really wasn't from, at least for me, you know, um, I had a pretty good motor, you know, and I was strong. I just needed to learn some of the technical aspects of it. Like, you know, I could do a muscle up, but I mean, to do like three and then jump up and do three again, I just, I wasn't good at that, you know? So, right. you know, um, at first I had, I made the mistake of doing a lot of volume. You know, I was doing like two, three workouts a day, a strength piece in the morning, this and that. And, you know, it, if I didn't make a change, probably about after like a year and a half, it would have ruined me. You know, um, I actually, you know, I, they had the, they had this thing called the, uh, the um the grid league it was like a crossfit professional league and they had master athletes on it I, I got drafted by them so i was able to be on a team with like these awesome athletes you know like dimitri kolkoff who won the uh silver medal in the olympics was on that team you know so being able just to talk to him and get some technique you know and answer questions that i had you know i mean there, there were like top there were like 10 CrossFit athletes there, you know, like Olympic athletes. So I really got a chance to learn that it was more about quality, all right, than just doing a lot. And once I took what I learned, you know, during that time and brought it to my own training, that's when I really started to see some good things. So typically right now, I'm not doing a, like a, a ridiculous, I do one session. It's probably about a two hour session, you know, and that's with a warm up and, and I'm yapping, talking away, you know, and probably could be done in 90 minutes. Sure. But, you know, um, talking about a strength piece probably in the beginning, even though I mix that up sometimes depending on what that piece is, you know, a typical day like Monday, back squat, whatever the percentages is, depending on where in the season I am, you know, like I'll get strong and then I'll start to, you know, work on my conditioning and you know, my off season is like my fat season where I don't care what my weight is so much. I just want to get strong, yep. you know, or, or maintain my strength, you know. Um, and then I'll do like some sort of Metcon. It'll depend whether it's like super fast. If it's super fast, that'll give me time to do like a skill afterwards. So if I do like an under 10 minute workout, I probably got a good 10, 15 minutes to work on a skill. Um, if I do a longer workout, like 15 or 20, I probably don't have the time to work on a skill, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much typically doing about two hours in the gym. Um, it also depends on my schedule and what, what classes I'm coaching or what private sessions that I have. But typically right now I'm doing about two hours, but I try to make the most of my time. I know things that I'm good at and things that I'm not good at. So when I do get my programming from Misfit Athletics, who writes my programming for me, um, I, I'll pick and choose stuff. Not pick and choose stuff like I like to do this, pick and choose stuff that like, I'm not good at that. I need to do that. You know, um, some workouts, I, I just, there's certain exercises I'm really good at. And I'm just like, Hey, I don't really need to practice so much time with that. So when I get my whole week, I kind of plan the whole week out and, you know, and I mix and match, but I try to do different things on Saturdays and Sundays, like sprinting. I actually pulled my hamstring last oh. Saturday. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's like a, you know, it feels way better. I actually squat it light. All right. On Wednesday, um, I didn't stretch it at all. When I first did it, I just iced for the first couple of days. But anyway, I was, you know, but I'll do odd object stuff and some sprinting and, you know, I'll even do some long days too, like 40 minute AMRAPs, you know, yeah. just to make it like a mental workout or, or almost like a flush, you know, if I had it like a hard week, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I'd say probably in the off season, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little stronger than I am working on my conditioning. And, uh, but I'm always working on skills. I think the thing that helps me is I'm not the strongest guy. I'm not going to win the one RM and I'm not going to win the gymnastics exercise, but I'm also not going to take last, you know, sure. I'm going to be in the top bracket. I'm pretty well-rounded all the way across. So I think that really, really helps me. Um, and I think that's because I focus on a lot of the skills and trying to be good at them instead of just being like, get her done rep, you know, like, okay, I did it, you know, but 
I wasted a ton of energy doing it, you know? So how, um, so you talked about you having this competitive side of you, which obviously you're able to bite kind of when you turn late thirties, early forties, what'd you do between college football and the time you turned into CrossFit? There's a big gap there. What'd you do to fill it? Softball, anything you could. Yeah. Nothing. You know, I mean, there's nothing really going on, you know? I mean, I, I was always into fitness, you know? And again, I have, I went to school for exercise science and I was training people. So part of it is like looking the part as well. That's super sure. important, I think, you know? Um, but there was nothing competitive, you know, maybe play, playing Madden, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I wasn't a good golfer. I, I realized golf took a major commitment. You know, oh, yeah. I see you practice and like CrossFit. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, it's just time though, too. You know, like people always, people always come in and they're like, "Hey, man, I want to be as good as this guy or whoever," and that's and that's great. You need a goal, but what you don't realize is that the people that are really good, they've been doing it a really long time. It's sure. just, I don't care. I don't care how good of an athlete are you are. If you think you're just going to jump into CrossFit and be really good at it, you may be good at really good aspects, and you may be elite at really good aspects. But if you're not well rounded, yeah. you know, then 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 it doesn't matter. You know? Right, right, yeah. Because as you were talking before, that's what I was I was thinking about. How you know, you said I'm new and inexperienced, and someone's listening. They're like, "Wait a second, He just said he played college football, so he obviously know how to lift and hang clean and run and sprint." But there's a whole other aspect of the conditioning piece and under how to do timing and the gymnastics and the mobility that you know when you play a normal sport, you don't do any of that. And that was always the interesting part for me. And, and you probably see it too. But I usually laugh when a crossfitter comes to my practice because. Like, I'm so frustrated. I can't do muscle ups and I, my squatting and my dead. I'm like, you realize that you're trying to do like five of the hardest physical activities at the highest level that someone might train their whole life to just do a muscle up with gymnastics. Someone might do their whole life to be able to Olympic lift. And you're trying to do all of them and are pissed that you're not that good at them. It's crazy, isn't it? To think about Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, I think it's like anything, you know, it's like the first time I went golfing, you know, I thought I was going to be great at it. Yeah. And and, uh, and I threw my clubs in the water or, you know, and I went to the bar, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. so, um, I mean, I, I just think we, look, we live in an impatient world. You're, you do PT. Okay. All right. People come to you and they think when they leave, they're going to be like perfect, you know, right. and it takes time. Um, and you, especially when you're trying to like reeducate your muscles and doing all that stuff. I mean, it just, it, it's a process. It takes time. Right. And it's rare that you get people that um, that uh, that come in or like, hey, I know it's going to take time. You know, just show me the steps. You know, you get one or two of those athletes every five years or longer, sure. you know, that kind of understand like, hey, listen, I, I get it's a process. All right. Just, you know, take me on the right path. Um, and I'm willing to do it. That, yeah. That's a big part of it, because I think people, especially really good athletes, they come into CrossFit. They think they're just going to, oh, I'm going to kill it. I, everything I do, I pick up. I'm going to be good at it. I'm going to do this. And really good athletes, athletes that I look at and I say, hey, you know what? In like five years, this guy or girl can be really, really good, but they got to get over the hump of their ego that they don't pick up things as fast. And if they do, they'll be fine. If not, yeah. they always do the same thing. CrossFit's stupid. You know, double unders are stupid, you know, uh, yeah. and, they, and they hate on it, you know. Yeah. So from that aspect, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's interesting to see because people just want to come in and they want it now, you know. Right, right. In their life, they have money and they get everything they want now, but this is just something different. You know? Sure. And that's what I like about it because it's always changing. That's kind of where I wanted to go and, and pick your brain a little. Like the physical aspect is good and obviously you're super strong, but I, to me, more impressive in your world is like the mental aspect, the commitment to it, to working through, you know, injury, these, these, these ex, the exercises. I mean, you put yourself in a dark place sometimes to get there, to push this hard at, you know, at an age where most people are packing it in. So what do you think it is? What do you have that, what do you do that? And you observe, cause you do it, you know, you see other people, what is it that you have or that, you know, some of the, an average 45 or might from an up here standpoint. And the reason why I ask, cause what I always do when I talk to people is I'm trying to figure out how to transfer it into my own life. And you know, you know, you run a business now. So 
things that happen when you work out probably transfer over into how you run a business and there's, there's setbacks and there's positives, and there's negatives. So I'm always looking to kind of figure out how to connect the dots. What did, what do you think that you have that you maybe don't see in other people and how, how have you been you know, so successful in what you're doing? I think it just comes down to like how well you handle adversity, you know, because I don't really care what you do in life. It's so important that you're going to come across a bump or you're going to have an injury or something negative is going to happen. And really, how do you go about your business afterwards? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's really when you find out what people are all about in a sense is when you make things hard for them, you know? Um, so, you know, my, I, I always say, you know, it's definitely part of it is my upbringing. My father was just a tough guy and, you know, he just, you know, toughened me up in a sense, you know, like sure. I did construction with him and it's grab a bag of shingles and get it up to the roof and, you know, um, and it sucks, you know, and, but at the end of the day, you just, a lot of times you just got to put your head down and just kind of motor through it, you know, um, And just be like, hey, it's not going to suck forever. It's going to suck for a certain amount of time. And uh, I mean, CrossFit isn't, you know, a lot of CrossFitters say like, enjoy the suck or welcome to the suck. You know, like, you know, what's coming, you know, everyone's going to deal with it. Who can deal with it, you know, better from a mental standpoint. I I think that's a big part of my game too, as well, is I just kind of turn it off, you know, and not care how much it hurts. Or once it gets to a point where it hurts, it's not going to hurt anymore. You know, so like I've never heard that before. It's that's interesting because, like, I'll be honest with you, I work out pretty consistently, but I don't like going to those places. I'll, I mean, call me whatever you want, but I don't like it. But for you, it's just like you don't. It doesn't bother you, right? You can tolerate. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, I guess you know, for lack of a better term, I don't care. You know, like I know. I mean, we, I did a workout the other day. I knew it was going to be awful. Like, I mean, I knew it was. You know, I, I knew it when I saw it like two days ago. You yeah. know. And, you know, a lot of people get into that first round and they're like, oh man, we got four. They're thinking, oh, I got four more rounds of this, you know, yeah. whatever. And, you know, and, 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 I, and that's, I don't know. I think that's a, a super huge part. Like how long can you make it hurt for? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a big part of, you know, what you see successful in a lot of, cause I mean, oh, so many of these people have the physical tools to do it. You know, right. it's kind of getting over that mental hump of just being like, you know, knowing to when to turn it off and not care and go for it, you know? Um, but I think part of that is with my training. I'm used to, I had, I did a lot of training by myself. You know, I joke with Evelyn, you know, she's like, I don't know how you do it by yourself. It's boring and this and that, but it's just, I do it. So, I mean, when I'm out on the competition floor, I'm totally by myself in a sense, you know? All right. And you know, it's just another day, you know, and I'm just like, all right, you know, it's a Wednesday at the gym when it's hot. Just, just finish. Just go, yeah. just go get it, you know? Yeah. Like, I, no, I think, I can't remember where, I, I don't know if it was Joel Jameson or somebody I was reading once and I feel like they were talking about, they did a study or they were talking about doing a study with high performing athletes in the CrossFit or MMA world. And they were basically saying what you're saying that they've tested these guys of lactic threshold and, and, and heart rate and, they would get up just as high, but they would just tolerate it longer. They right. just, you just, you would still like, you still get tired, but like most yeah. people, when they get to your heart rate, that's like, you know, pushing max heart rate or the lactic threshold, most people would probably just like be like, it hurts too much. I'm done. Where it's I like what they're saying. And I think the research is starting to show, it sounds like you where it's just like, I get there, but I just keep going. Right. I mean, I, I see people all the time. They get to that point and then they stop. They're even afraid maybe to go further, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, for some athletes, it's, it's, you know, again, I think they can just tolerate it longer. Cause I mean, yeah. I, I, I've, com- I've competed against younger people that are better than me, you know, but you know, I can do things that they can't because they're, they can't make it hurt that much, you know, or, and, 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 it really, the CrossFit is a weird thing too, as well, because some workouts are like super fast. Some workouts are in that like eight to 10 minute or 10 to 12 minute, but then you have other longer workouts too, as well, you know, where you really need to know what your personal pace is, you know, I mean, you got to really know yourself and it's, and that's what I think takes so much time. You might be good at box jumps 
and you might be good at power cleans and snatches, but are you good doing all three in a row fast? Sure. You know, like that's another aspect of it. So some people can go really fast for three minutes, but after that they die, mm-hmm. you know, and then they get to like a 15, 20 minute workout and they don't know how to pace themselves and they either go too slow or they come too fast out of the gate and they're dead by halfway. Right. So I think experience as far as knowing yourself, knowing like, hey, wall balls really gas me. So instead of doing 10 in a row, just do two sets of five, you know, sure. all right, so I can get that break. So, I mean, th- there's a lot of strategy going on. Um, and from a competitive standpoint, you cannot look around and wonder what other people are doing and, and have them dictate the pace for you, you know, um, because, you know, that'll kill you because you don't know if that person's like awesome at all those exercises and they're just moving that good at their pace, but they're just that good and they're lapping you and you try to be something that you're not. And then, you know, then you're doomed, you know, how do you think about the relationship between what we just spoke about with you getting to a place, a painful place and staying there versus where we started the conversation of not really overtraining. You know, it's like, it's an interesting thing back, you know, seven, eight, 10 years ago when we kind of, when I started in this, the, the whole thing with CrossFit was always everyone just beats the crap out of themselves all the time and people are getting hurt. And then to what you're saying now, the evolution has been now it's become much more, I would call it strength and conditioning made systematized and people aren't beating themselves up. And, and I think it's also interesting in the sports realm because I've always thought about that too, because there's, you know, now there's a lot of like, oh, we shouldn't run to the point where we, where we're with throwing up and all that. And, and there's like, but then there's also a mental aspect of it that you can get to that place for like toughness. And I kind of see both sides. So how do you as a coach or as an athlete weigh the getting to the place? So it's painful and I know I can stay there versus hurting myself. I mean, I've done tons of stupid things, you know, for sure. You know, and well, if I had I, to, if I had to like think about you based on the way you're speaking, you're someone that you almost have to pull back a little bit because yeah, you, sure. because you kind of have the ability to, you have the ability to just go. And, and again, that's why a lot of people in CrossFit, you know, that do well have that personality and it's good. And then, then they need someone to like pull the reins in. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think the evolution in that sense is this there's, there's like, there's some good coaches now in CrossFit, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. You know, not to knock it in a sense, but anybody can just go out and open up a CrossFit gym. You go to take your level one and after three days of training, okay. Um, you can leave that place and a couple of weeks later, get a building, open up a gym and you have zero experience in strength and conditioning. I think that's what happened early on. These kids at these, kids these athletes were just constantly testing themselves you know hey let's do murph okay hey let's do murph twice you know let's do uh this they were just they were trying anything to just you know get a stimulus you know whatever it was and now there's a lot more information that says like hey you know like that's not really a good plan you know or it might not be a good plan for you or whoever the athlete or client is you know um there's also like a lot more programming out there. Like when CrossFit first came out, it was just main site. Main site was putting out programming and people were following it. And maybe they were making their own adjustment. Maybe they were throwing their own kind of, you know, twist on it or whatever. And now you have like big time paid services, you know, that are providing, you know, quality content. You know, again, I, I follow Misfit Athletics. They've supported me almost every year I went to the games, you know, so, you know, there's people I can talk to, they write the programming. Um, so percentage basis, and there's a whole format to it. It's well thought out. And there's tons of these people that are out there, you know? So I think there's a lot more information and data on like, Hey, abusing yourself by doing a a hero workout every weekend, um, or every day is just not a good way to go ahead and get better at CrossFit, you know? So I think that evolution from a training standpoint, from me personally, I just, I knew how my body was feeling. Like I was, I started beating myself up and when it was time to perform, I wasn't performing that well, you know, there were, and I was just like, there's something wrong here. Part of it was my nutrition too. I I wasn't, I wasn't really eating enough food, quite frankly. I was eating a lot of crappy food, you know, 
but I wasn't eating enough like fuel, so to speak, you know, because I was doing a lot of workouts and I was burning a ton of, you know, fuel and I just wasn't doing, I wasn't doing a really good job with that. Yeah. So, um, you know, you know, that helped me out, you know, big time. But I yeah. mean, I just think that, you know, the evolution of the sport and myself included is, you know, I just, I gained more knowledge. I think as a sport started gaining more knowledge and more like Olympic lifting coaches started to get involved. Cause I think CrossFit has really helped out the USA weightlifting and just weightlifting in general worldwide, because it's a major staple in their programming. So you get people that come to the CrossFit gym and two, three months down the line, they're like, you know what? I'm just going to Ollie lift, mm -hmm. you know, screw all that running stuff and rowing. Yeah. I'm just going to like throw some weights around, which, you know, I mean, is at least some sort of fitness for people. Sure. Um, so I think, I think really that's what happened for myself. You know, I started to get some coaching, all right, whether it was nutritional or uh, Olympic lifting. Um, and I met so many people too. You know, I got a friend, Steve Swishstack, who's a former USA weightlifter who I could bounce ideas off of and, you know, uh, show him videos and, you know, say like, Hey man, you know, like, how does this look? You know, I kind of feel this or I kind of feel that. So, I mean, having some resources is, is, is super helpful too as well. I think what you said earlier, I 1000% agree with. I always said the most dangerous CrossFit coaches are the people whose first experience in fitness is CrossFit, right? So you right. did, you know, played sports your whole life. Then you got the degree, then you train people, and then you found CrossFit. So you have this background going into it, which means that you can see a CrossFit program and say, okay, that's what I like. But based on the other things I know about being a good athlete, this is what has to happen because that's the thing. The better athletes generally will be the better CrossFit athletes. And so you had that background. And I think from what I've seen, the ones that have kind of made it this far because like you've probably seen more than i have crossfit people have gone away very quickly are the ones that kind of came to it through crossfit and that's their only knowledge of it and those are the ones that did get people hurt and 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 have had issues um so talk to me about the programs you have at garden state athletics the one thing that i do know which before i even met i knew that you did amazingly well was your youth program how did that get started and what, what is that about yeah, when we were over, um, I, for me, before I even got involved in CrossFit, I was doing youth training with the Precy Speed School. So mm -hmm. most of the kids that we were training at the time, you know, the bulk of your kids were like, you know, probably like 8 to 11, you know. I mean, that's when all parents are getting their kids involved in something, you sure. know. Um, and, you know, there was a coach there that trained me and, you know, taught me all the Precy Speed School, um, you know, modules, so to speak. His name was John Cirillo, and he made a great point. He's like, from a business standpoint, kids are your biggest numbers, you know? Parents will spend more money than they will on themselves, on their kids, all right? And there's more of them. You know, as the kids get older, they lose sports. So you mm -hmm. get the kids who do, like, the youth programs, and then you get the kids that do middle school, and maybe they do some club stuff, and then they go on to high school. But every kind of step, you drop more kids. You know, the 14 year olds and then you get into high school and then the high school kids go to college and those numbers just drop off. So your big numbers are kids, you know, from just even from just a business model. And that's mm -hmm. what 3C was all about. You know, I mean, they trained everybody, but they had a really big jumpstart program is what it was called. It was kids from like seven a year, seven to 12. And there were different levels to that, you know. Um, but when I got into CrossFit, um, I had all these parents, you know, that were like, hey, you know, like my kid plays hockey and my kid's soccer and he needs to get stronger. And, and little by little, we just started to, you know, start a, a kid's program. It was actually right around the time CrossFit had just put out their kid's certification. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, I spoke to a couple of the coaches that we had. We talked about maybe doing it. And the program that we had over at Garwood was great. Um, and uh, when we made the switch over to here, um, it was definitely something I wanted to focus on. And that's one of the main reasons why we did not brand with CrossFit. Mm -hmm. I, you know, there's a lot of negativity out there with CrossFit and I don't want a parent to go online and say, Oh, let me look up CrossFit. I'm going to have, you know, Johnny try it out. And they see like ring muscle ups or weightlifting and they, they get freaked out or they're, they, they don't think that's for them. Um, or, Hey, my kid's a baseball player. Why does he need that? You know? Um, mm -hmm. we get a lot of that, 
you know? So when we came here, I didn't really want to have that kind of stigma. So, um, you know, we uh, went Garden State Athletics and, you know, got a little bit of a kids program and more and more kids just kept signing up. And uh, we have a, we had, I mean, we got a handful of kids and we did a class outside the other day. Um, I think we had like 18 kids. Wow. You know? That's awesome. So, and yeah, and some of them were new kids too as well because we actually picked up, or at least we we, I mean, we haven't signed anybody up new yet because obviously we're not open, you know, right. but we do anticipate that because of the Zoom classes, you know, kids were just sitting at home. There was nothing for them to do. Um, and, you know, they were free to everybody. So friends would say, hey, try these Zoom classes. And one day we would log on to be a kid there I never saw before in my life, you know? And I'm mm -hmm. like, he's like, hi, my name is Paul. And I'm like, all right, Paul, you got a dumbbell or you got this? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, let's go. You're going to join the class, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, that's kind of helped us, you know, like uh, um, from our kids program. But the kids are great. You know, it's fun to work with the kids. I'm a big kid, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, um, and uh, and I like the bus chops a little bit too, and the kids, you know, they have fun with it. So it's always fun to you know to have the kids. But there, there's a ton of kids, and you know, a lot of kids are playing sports. And quite frankly, everything is so one dimensional now. I mean, I meet so many athletes, or I meet you know young kids that are in sports, and I'll talk to their parents, and their parents will be like, "Oh, he plays hockey," and I'm like, "Does he play anything else?" "Nope, he's hockey." This one plays soccer this one does this so there's not a lot of other sports that they're playing so they're really deficient in a lot of things you know i mean i don't care what sport you play you should be able to do a proper push-up you know and learn how to squat properly and a lot of these kids just don't because maybe their sport just doesn't you know have a lot of need for that so to speak so yeah um our youth program is great um you know hopefully it, it expands you know and uh and you know, those are kids that you're turning on to fitness at a young age, you know, and if you, if you stand the test of time and the gym stays open 10 years, I mean, just put five years on a seven-year-old, they're a teenager and we have a teenage program too, as well, um, where we teach kids how to lift properly. We're not getting crazy in the weights unless the kids are, you know, really proficient at the exercises, but you know, a lot of kids just aren't getting good instruction from their coaches. You know, not many high school programs have strength coaches. They have a high school football coach who knows football and then does what they were taught in like the late eighties, which was, you know, don't have any water and bounce the bar off your chest and, you know, and try to lift the heaviest weight. So, um, you know, being able to educate the teenagers and then see them be successful and then go on to college and stuff like that. You know, that stuff is awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of what, you end up doing is t maybe teaching what we wish phys ed would have taught them, like just a lot oh, of proper yeah. movements, you know? Um, and, and it's, and, and I think, you know, if I had, if I had a kid right now, I would definitely get them into something like that because it actually, you know, one of the things you talked about at me playing golf, one of the things that people that pick up golf later say is I wish I would have just did it when I was younger. Right. It's kind of the same thing with fitness. Like even if you show a kid how to squat and move when he's seven, eight, nine, ten, let's say he just doesn't want to do it for 10, 15 years. But when he's 22, 23, it'll come back way quicker for him. He's like, ah, he'll know how to do it. He'll know how to squat. He'll know how to lunge. He'll know how to bench press and do a push up. And I think just setting that baseline of, uh, of general fitness, I've always I've always said people like you should be what we call uh, primary care. Right. If you right, think about awesome. it, like think about it, right? Like the people yeah. that get to my office, sometimes they fall and break their leg, but for the most part, they just moved poorly for years and years and years and years. And eventually, you know, their hip got tight or their low back went out or their neck got stiff because of all these years of just shitty movement patterns that if they started when they were seven, eight, 10, 12, 13, how much, how much less would they have to find someone like me because of a disc problem or a hip replacement or a knee later in life. So, you know, I think that, you know, as a, if I, if I could instruct any parent to get them involved in something like that early on, it isn't just about playing hockey. It's actually, if that's all they do, you're right. It probably will make them worse and something to balance them out. You know, I can literally in my office, when I do assessments, orthopedic assessments on people and watch them move and watch their patterns, I know what sports they play. Yeah, for that's, sure. 
it's crazy, right? Like, you know, someone's pelvis tilts one way. It's like, yeah, you probably throw the ball overhead. Someone tilts the other way. Like, yeah, you probably are a wrestler. And it's like, that's how much our bodies adapt. And if you don't have anything to kind of pull us back the other way, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Um, talk to me about your adults now. Cause like you said, you didn't brand CrossFit and you know, I came to your gym and we, we, I know your members and they're regular people, right? So someone that would think about, ah, oh, it's not for me or I can't do it. You know, how, why would they do well at a gym like yours? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a big part of it is, is that, you know, people just need motivation, you know? All right. And the community, I mean, that might be the one thing, not that I don't think CrossFit invented it at all, you know, because there were like, people do Zumba together and they do some of these other things, but really focusing the gym on the fact that you are a community of people that have a common goal. They all want to get in shape, you know? All right. Um, and you, there's a coach there to help you, to instruct you. I mean, you know, most people probably just go to the gym and they do the same workout all the time. You know, it's the workout they've been doing forever. They saw it on Yahoo magazine or Yahoo fit, you know, and said, this is the workout. All you got to do, this is the greatest workout and you'll be great. Um, and it's not that, you know, and even if it is an awesome workout, um, maybe you're performing it wrong. So being able to have an, an educated coach who can not only, you know, um, fix your bad motor patterns and get you to move, you know, better, um, they're going to motivate you. All right. Um, and they do all of the programming for you. You know, I think that's huge. I mean, I, I, I joke with, with members where, you know, before they kind of got into like the group fitness kind of situation with a coach leading the, the, the charge, so to speak, they would go to the health club and get on the treadmill and they would, or the elliptical and they would be going away and they would scan the gym and find out like who's in shape. You know, like, oh, that guy, look, let me watch what he does. And then they do what he does, you know, but you don't know if that guy is just in shape. All right. And he doesn't know what he's doing, you know, and now you're learning all these things wrong. We, we probably spend more time fixing people like you do, you know, all right. Um, then we do like getting them strong when they first start out, you know, right. it's more about like, hey, before I even give you some weight. Let's get yourself, you know, moving in the right direction first, right. you know? So I think that's a really big part about it is that, you know, we can go ahead and modify the workout to fit people's needs. All right. And also kind of like what I was guilty of that you said, you know, kind of pull back a little bit and be like, listen, we'll get there in a week, you know, trust me, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm going to tell you, you know, if you just follow this, you'll, you, you'll get better there, you know? Um, but I also think the adults, you know, it's, it's, it's motivating to see other people in your class and we like to see other people suffer, you know? So if you're suffering, you know, you want to see the person next to you suffering, you right. know? And I think that's another really big aspect of it, you right. know, is, and, and it all goes back to, I think the community, listen, the workouts can be fun and they're engaging, whether they're a partner workout or a deck of cards or whatever we wind up doing to try to make it fun. But, um, the workouts are a really small part of it. You know, I think, um, you know, you, you definitely, you want to have a good community of members, you know, that, you know, not only are going to just, you know, support your gym, but they're going to support the new members. Like I tell new people, I always, if I have a new person in my class, you know, like, and I mean like two, three months new, you know, I like to throw them under the bus in a way, you know, <laughs> Um, and I like to say like, Hey, this is, this is Charlie. Okay. He's super new. Okay. Remember when you guys were new? Okay. And you didn't really know what you were doing. And then what that does is those, the other members, they wind up going up to that new member and they were like, yeah, you know what? I struggled doing that too. Just listen, you know, like if you just follow the coaching, you know, it'll help you'll get better, you know, just, just be patient. It's a little mm -hmm. frustrating. And mm -hmm. that's a huge part of it, you know, because then you start to make friends and then like, you, you give out your number and you're on your way home from work and you don't want to go to the gym. But one of the people from the six o'clock class send you a text message like, Hey, Julie, see you at six, you know, whatever. And they're like, Oh God, I got to go now. You know, right. Julie called me out, you know, and they make others accountable, you know, 
And you only really need to have like one or two of your friends in class to be, you know, like ready to go to the gym. And they send out the group text, like who's going today? And it makes people go to the gym. And when you go, you get results, you know? So that, sure. I think that's a big part of it. That, that's what we try to do. You know, I, I, I mix it up a little bit, you know, in class. You know, I wouldn't record our sessions, you know, put it that way, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, I get um, it. You know, yeah, I, I, I like to mix it up. Um, but I think most people realize I'm doing it from a fun standpoint and I'm trying to keep things loose and, and, and understand that, you know, hey, we are going to go to work in a little bit, but we could laugh about it. We could, mm -hmm. you know, have some fun with it. Right. You alluded to it a little bit in the uh, last couple questions with, you know, the recent kind of, I guess, upheaval in CrossFit, the CEO steps down at a new one. People are kind of up in arms you specifically from a competition standpoint where do you kind of what do you think is going to happen as far as competitions for yourself or, or the games type stuff where do you see it going you know it, it's anyone's guess but i mean obviously i'm like everybody else and i have a guess you know so sure. i mean i don't think it's going to be an issue for any of the competitors you know i mean it's supply and demand you know all right so these athletes if it's not CrossFit, it's going to be something else, you know, they'll just name it something different, yeah. you know? All right. Um, you know, the athletes, whether they, you know, decide to even be a part of the CrossFit games, because they are having the games this year and a handful of athletes have, you know, have, have stepped out and said, if, you know, Greg Glassman doesn't, you know, um, I don't know if that whatever they said, as far as he steps down, he stepped down as far as the director, I mean, right. the owner of it. But, I mean, if he's getting the money, I don't see people supporting them, you know. In any Are way, you supposed support. to compete this year? Uh, well, actually, uh, because of the pandemic, um, I qualified. So yeah. um, the process for master athletes is a little different than the individuals. Yeah. Um, we have to do the open like everyone else, um, uh, like the individuals. But then we have a secondary qualifier that's online. Right. Um, if you're uh, uh, an individual, you can qualify directly through the open. Um, yeah. or you can win one of the sanctional events that we were talking about before. Wadapalooza is a sanctional event. If you win that, your first place, you get a ticket to the games. Mm -hmm. um, or you can win your country. There's a whole national championship now. For the master athletes, a little different. Um, we take our group from, I think our, last year's group was like 24,000 worldwide. Um, that 24,000 goes down to 200, and then 200 does five more or six more workouts um, like in a three to four day or four day period. Um, and then you, once they sort out that you have to videotape your workouts, send them in. Um, once they validate all your videos, they take the top 10. My first two years, they take, they took the top 20. Um, and the last two years, they take the top 10. Um, obviously last year, the year I was making a run at, uh, the podium. Um, I took first this year I took third. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would have qualified, but the pandemic kind of squashed all that. Um, they canceled the games for master individual, uh, master athletes, uh, teenagers, teams, and the national champs. So they were just taking the top, I think it was 30 for the men and for the women. And they were going to do it in Aromas, California, where the games kind of started yeah. at uh, Castro's Ranch, who actually is now the acting CEO um, of the game. So I actually think that you know, CrossFit shook everything up two years ago when they got rid of regionals. Mm -hmm. They used to have open and then regionals, which got you to the games. And that really kind of ruffled the feathers of a lot of people. Um, yeah. And But then the sanctionals came out. And I think the sanctionals helped out because it actually provided an avenue for the athletes to make a lot of money. I mean, mm -hmm. if you win regionals, you don't really get a huge check or anything. But if you win these sanctional events, I mean, Dubai – they gave out like over a hundred thousand dollars in cash prizes last year, you know? Wow. So, I mean, if you won just the last workout, it was 20 grand just wow. for winning the last workout. You could have finished dead last overall, but you won the last workout, you win 20,000. Huh. So, so there's a lot of money coming into it, but I think, you know, because there's so many athletes that need something, if, if there's a company out there that says, Hey, we're going to do exactly what we did, but away from the CrossFit branding and all that. And we're going to call the world's fittest, you yeah. know, then everyone's going to do that. And that's going to be the next, you know, next quote unquote thing. championships games. A lot. I mean, you know, the greatest athlete uh, in the whatever. Right. Um, I actually think there's a lot of sanctional events that have been looking for a way to 
distance themselves from CrossFit. And this is like mm-hmm. the perfect reason now for them to just be like, that's it. You right. know, we're out. We want nothing to do with it anymore. Okay. But uh, I definitely think there'll be something. Um, and there's talk <laughs> of, you know, all, all types of different things, you know, as far as, you know, for the master athletes, there's an online competition. I actually signed up for that. And then a friend of mine, uh, this guy, Bob Jennings, runs a competition called the Legends Competition. He usually runs it in California, but he couldn't because of obviously the pandemic. So he moved it to Arizona. Um, so they're going to have that competition in December. And yeah. he invited all the game athletes that qualified. So hopefully there'll be a good group of athletes out there. and You know, we'll get a chance maybe to kind of end that, like end 2020 in a sense. You That's know? great. But yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, again, I, I think there's a demand for the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to really come down to, you know, who steps up um, and, uh, you know, just, you know, brings it to the next level. Because what's, what stung for me personally is they used to cover the games, all right? You know, um, they would live stream it. They still do it for the individuals. But the one year that, you know, I made it to the podium and won three of the events, you know, took second in two of them. Yeah. You know, so, you know, out of the like eight or nine events that I did, I was in the top two in like five of them, yeah. you know, and uh, they didn't record one video. They didn't uh. live stream anything, you know, at all. <laughs> they totally teenagers as well. They didn't live stream any of it. So right. that really kind of like upset some people. So I think some people were kind of thinking of what's beyond the games or what mm-hmm. might be next or what coming up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I think that's going to be uh, where everyone kind of shifts to. Got it. Cool, man. Well, this was awesome. Where can, uh, where can we find you or your business or uh, anything like that? Tell the audience. Yeah, for sure. So um, Garden State Athletics is in Roseau Park, New Jersey on uh, 310 West Westfield Avenue. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't, write, we don't have a phone number. It's my cell number. You'll get me, you know, um, <laughs> You know, want to give me a call, 732-677-6073 if you have a question. Yep. You know, you can find us on Instagram, Garden State Athletics. You can find me on Instagram, Justin LaSala. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome, man. Well, this was fantastic, and uh, good luck if we do get to see you compete soon. And for those out there listening, um, when you see a picture, I always say, if you see a picture of Justin, you will not believe that he looks about 25 years younger. So goals for everyone here. All right, man. Thank you so much. Justin, thanks, man. Yep, absolutely. Later, buddy. Later. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast, brought to you by Strive to Move. If your pain or injury is preventing you from living the healthy and active lifestyle you love and deserve and want to get back to doing what you love pain-free, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the best next steps to help resolve it. Find our ebooks online at strivetomove.com slash our services. There you'll find an ebook for topics on such things as back pain, knee pain, sports injuries, and CrossFit injuries. These eBooks will provide you with free expert advice, tips, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit strivetomove.com slash our services to download your eBook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no obligation phone consults with a doctor on staff to New Jersey residents. Just call us at 908-547-0729 or visit us at strivetomove.com and click the Talk to the Doctor First button on the homepage to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast.